0: Welcome to the Real Time Roots Podcast. I'm your host, Christy and this is my co-host, Sarah. Hello, everyone. At Joy we help you grow your own food and remedies so that you can create health and wellness for your family naturally. In today's episode, we're talking about hospitality. This is part of our series on making your home a home, and it's so amazing when your home is warm and
1: inviting to invite guests in to enjoy it. So before we get started today, make sure you have a hot cup of tea, coffee, or your favorite hot chocolate and snuggle up with a nice warm blanket on your couch like we talked about in last week's episode. And imagine you're sitting in our living room with us with the wood stove going in downstairs and a beautiful view of pine trees and snow with Nice log walls all around you. Welcome to
0: my living room. Today we're going to talk about hospitality, why it's important, and then what's holding people back, and how we can make it easier for you.
1: So, what are the benefits of hospitality? Well, even if you do get a little bit tired out being around people, activities related to entertaining people can refresh your mind and help preserve your mental health as well as your emotional well being. We are wired to be around other people. Some of us are more wired than others to be around people. Some of us just prefer being around those we love the most.
0: Entertaining or hospitality can bring happiness into your life. And some
1: of these hospitality-related activities can even bring you closer to your friends or your family members. And the conversations that you have
0: with other people around your table or in your own living room actually can broaden your perspective. Um, And it can be so helpful to bounce ideas off each other and stimulate creativity with other people. It's so
1: fun. And it offers values and experience that can't be bought or really reciprocated. You know, it says in scripture that
0: some have entertained angels when they've offered hospitality. Pretty cool idea.
1: And in those days, hospitality was being offered to strangers,
0: not actually necessarily the people you knew. So when I was growing up, people would invite other people into their homes. Something happened somewhere around the 1990s that instead of inviting people to your home, people started inviting people out to a restaurant. And I have to say that now it's very rare for us to get invited to someone's home. Instead, they invited, They call us up and say, can we meet at such and such a restaurant? But I have to say that I really miss being invited to someone's home. Going into someone else's home is the best kind of hospitality. It might be easier to meet in a restaurant, but it does become more expensive, and that can actually inhibit the relationship and the building of community. It's hard to be honest and vulnerable when you're talking to somebody if there's a public setting and other people might be listening in on the conversation.
1: And restaurants usually take a lot less time than hanging out in somebody's home. On average, a home visit can be up to two hours, whereas a restaurant visit is usually only 45 minutes to an hour at most. It might be easier to
0: get started in hospitality in a restaurant, especially if people live farther away from each other. So that's one plus for a restaurant. Let me share a story about hospitality. When I was 16... I was invited over to Miss Hamilton's house for lunch after church. Now, Miss Hamilton was a frail old lady. Um, She was white-haired. She was bent over. She had a dowager's hump on her back. She was a former missionary to China and was sent home when the communists took over China. And um, I lived in Vancouver, and she lived in a one-room basement of a house. It wasn't even really a finished basement. There was one pot-bellied stove for that she used both for heating and cooking in this one room basement. And it wasn't even a finished basement. Um, There were ceiling beams and you could see uh, the walls were uninsulated and you could actually see the wood and cement. And her bed was in the corner of the basement. Um, So when she invited me in, I walked into this one room, her bed was in the corner. There was one light bulb hanging by a cord from the ceiling with a pull string to turn it on and off. It was quite dark, but it was very warm because this gas stove was heating the whole basement area. And she didn't have a fridge. She didn't even have a stove. She cooked everything on this pot-bellied stove. She didn't even actually have a couch. We sat on two wooden chairs with a small table near the stove to stay warm. And she had a single sandwich for lunch that was two pieces of white bread, some mayonnaise, and a piece of cheese and She cut the sandwich in half and offered half to me. That was her her entire lunch and she was sharing it with me and I was struck by first of all her generosity in giving me half her lunch. And then also feeling kind of guilty because I was a well-fed teenager. I didn't need her sandwich. Um, So I was really not wanting to eat it. I didn't want to take away her lunch. I don't remember what we talked about. I visited her for about an hour and then I I left. But I have never forgotten that visit. And I've always thought afterwards that if Miss Hamilton, in her circumstance, could invite me over for lunch and then share the meager lunch that she had, that was all she had, I should never hesitate to invite other people over. So what causes us to hesitate to invite people over?
1: Well, sometimes there could be fear, maybe involving criticism from a prior guest or criticism from family members about the house not being up to snuff when they came over for a visit, or even just fear of having strangers in your home. Even if they're friends, it could still be a fear factor of having new people in your home. If your home has always just been you or very, very close family. There's also the danger of internal criticism. Oh, my house isn't good enough. The floor isn't clean enough. Um, that's just the lizard brain talking and it doesn't need to be listened to. Most people don't care about the state of the floors.
0: I have noticed that when I know people are coming over that maybe I don't know very well and it might be the first time or second time they've been in my house that, you know, we'll go through and you clean for company and I'll be sitting there in the middle of the visit and look up and I'll see a cobweb that I never saw in all the time that the cobweb had been there until I had company sitting on my couch and then I suddenly noticed that cobweb.
1: And then that's all you can see is the one cobweb that I swear the spider made just for that specific occasion.
0: Ah, in my house, it's probably been there for two weeks, three weeks.
1: Oh, so we opened up the curtains and the sunlight hit it right? It's it's just interesting
0: how that works. Like you said, it's a lizard brain, but you you see things when you have company that you don't see otherwise, and it's kind of interesting.
1: Another thing is the inertia of just bringing yourself to be able to invite someone, because if you're hanging out with people a lot and constantly giving invitations for to, well, hey, come hang out for swimming or walking or coffee or tea, it's a lot easier to just drop in an invitation to drop by the house. But if you don't hang out a lot with people and you don't give out invitations very frequently, then giving that invitation and being afraid of rejection can be a very big inertia hurdle to overcome. And then Along with the self-criticism, it could be comparing to things you experienced as a child with entertainment and hospitality, of how maybe your grandmother hosted people or your mother hosted people or your aunts or anyone in your family who might have hosted somebody. You know, in the past, they had a way to do hospitality
0: because they had the drawing room that was only for company and it was always kept clean. So people would come into the house and go right into the drawing room and they'd never see the rest of your, you know, mess in the kitchen or whatever. You would bring the food from the kitchen into the drawing room and they'd never see the mess you left in your sink. And so in a way, in the past, it was easier. We don't have drawing rooms anymore. So when someone comes into your house, they immediately come into, you know, the place that you live every day.
1: And so it can be harder. And with open concept houses, it's also harder because if you have an open concept join of the kitchen and the dining room and the living room, well, now you got three or four areas you have to keep tidy up for a guest who might just be sitting in the living room. And you know,
0: honestly, after 40 years of practicing hospitality, I have never had a guest come into my house and say, gee, your house is such a mess. Why'd you bother inviting me over? Never.
1: Not even once. Exactly. That's why I said most of concerns can be lizard brains. Yeah. Now, the only other concern that can hold people back is they're afraid of being taken advantage of. And some people will take advantage of hospitality, but 99% of humans aren't going to.
0: I, I think there's a concern, too, that hospitality can be expensive. And I, I think it doesn't have to be because you choose the menu. It can be something as simple as tea and coffee.
1: Yep. But if you grew up with family that always offered the good biscuits to the guests that maybe aren't actually that expensive, but you thought they were expensive as a kid, it can still have some mental hurdles to overcome to offering hospitality. Or if your family always baked three different types of cookies before letting you have friends over from school, you might feel you have to bake cookies before you can invite someone over. And if you never have the energy for that, you may never get past the inertia to actually invite someone over. They don't need homemade cookies. They don't need expensive desserts. They don't need a fancy house or a super polished, scrubbed house to where everything shines. They just need a home that's cozy. The coziness and the element of warmth—that's what people are looking for when they visit homes, not perfectly polished crystal, spick and span, clean marble, and everything else.
0: It's—it's it's like the food is—is is the sprinkling on the top.
1: Yeah, the main thing is the warmth and the human connection. That's what we need is the human connection.
0: Especially now that we've been through the pandemic and we're coming to the other side, it's so important to reconnect with humanity. Another thing that can hinder is that you don't know who to invite over. You might feel that you don't have a friend um, or someone that you know well enough to be able to invite them into your home.
1: But you can make acquaintances into friends by inviting them over. It actually works surprisingly well.
0: One of the things that's really hindered me from inviting guests over is there's so many people now with allergies and food sensitivities that I feel I wouldn't be able to um, meet their dietary needs. Uh, We have our own dietary needs because my husband's gluten-free. And uh, so to add something else to that can be very difficult, like, maybe somebody's allergic to mushrooms or maybe they're allergic to peanut butter and, and Or tomatoes. And it can get serious because, you know, it's not just not serving the food but the cross contamination. So that that has actually hindered me from inviting people over.
1: And if you're like me and have a toddler, then inviting other mums over raises the question of do they have fussy eaters? Right. Because kidlets can be very fussy about their food. We once invited a
0: girl home from church with our kids. They were the same age as our kids. And I thought I was being a great mom. I made homemade pizza. And this girl picked everything off the pizza, including the cheese, scraped off the tomato
1: sauce, and just ate the crust. And that was after you asked her what she wanted on her pizza.
0: That's right. She didn't tell me she didn't like pizza. And... Um, is kind of... Disconcerting. It was disconcerting, and I I felt after that like a bad hostess because after asking her what she wanted on her pizza, she took everything off. But, you know, that isn't a reflection on me as a hostess. That's a reflection on the fussy eater.
1: And maybe you've tried to host an event and nobody showed up. So there's also the challenge of getting over possibly past rejections or just fear of rejection which is actually why I like the Israeli style of hospitality a lot more than the North American style and that is where you would just say hey this is my address this is where I live if the cars are out and the lights are on we're home if you're in the areas knock on the door and stop by and we can have tea and it's on the other person to actually take you up on the invitation of knocking but there's no uh, strict planning there's no exact times and it's an open invitation if you're there stop in.
0: Do they get people stopping in the middle of the night?
1: Well, that is the thing with the lights being on. There is a code that if the porch light is not on, guests are not welcome. If the porch light is on, guests are welcome. I see. Especially in winter. I see.
0: If you are ready, to start on your herbal journey to get to know herbs and make your own medicine, I've got the perfect next step for you. My membership, the DIY Herb of the Month Club, will help you get to know your herbal allies by studying one herb at a time. And we make a game of it. You will go on a 30-day journey with an assignment to do every day that will only take you 10 or 15 minutes. You'll go on a monthly quest to build your confidence so that you can learn to rely on your herbal allies. You'll invest just five to 15 minutes a day of hands-on guided exercises to gain knowledge of each month's herbal ally. You'll also learn how to grow, forage, or find each month's herb. You'll study the historical context of the medicinal and or culinary uses of each herb. You'll create a personal Materia Medica for long-term reference. You'll also study the modern scientific studies and evaluate their methodology and conclusions. And you'll engage your senses, both logically and intuitively, to get to know each herb really, really well so that you can use it confidently. So stir up some recipes with me and start using your new herbal allies for focused hands-on learning inside the DIY Herb of the Month Club. So I hope you'll decide to join me. The link is in the show notes. Now, the other thing, of course, that we're all dealing with is inflation. And food prices have gone up a lot um, here where we are pretty much 100% on most things. And so that can be a hindrance to entertaining. But we have some suggestions to make it easier so that inflation is not a issue.
1: And then the last thing that might be holding you back from offering people hospitality is feeling too busy, overwhelmed, or just too tired. I know the feeling. I have a toddler. Yeah,
0: it can be tiring. Even if you don't have a toddler, it can be tiring. So what can make it easier? Let's talk about it. Let's address inflation and being too tired and it being too complicated. So entertaining hospitality doesn't have to be fancy. Homemade soup and bread, pot of chili. We had a big discussion about chili. I thought chili was a cheap meal, but... I actually went and priced it out. And uh, chili for making chili, if you're using canned beans and ground beef and uh, canned tomatoes instead of dried beans, can be a fairly expensive meal. But there are ways to cut cost. And so uh, I think we priced it out. It was about $55 for a meal of chili for eight people, now, including
1: the cheese and the chips.
0: The cheese, the chips, the guacamole, forgot. the sour cream. $55.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Might be a little more though if you make a lot of guac. Avocados are expensive.
0: Yeah, I was thinking you bought it already made. But that's what I priced out. So I was a little bit shocked. But still, that it was it worked out to about $5 a person for the, the, the chili and the chips. And so that's still less than a restaurant meal. But chili might be more expensive unless you made it vegetarian in which case you could save on that soup and bread is something that's easy to make
1: crock pot or instant pot if you don't have a lot of time crock pot or instant pot is great for chicken or braising tougher cuts of meat and making it tender so you can set up a meal that isn't necessarily soup in a crock pot or instant pot that will be ready when you get home from your event and just have it ready for whoever you invite home for a meal. And if you don't get anyone to take you up on the invitation, leftovers can always be frozen for later. I love my crock pot.
0: I like doing um, similar, but I like working with a Dutch oven. Dutch ovens. um, I use my Dutch oven the same way as I would a crock pot. I think another way is to do a potluck. Um, where the guests also bring some of the food and that can kind of mitigate that fear of the inflation or the extra expense.
1: And if you're afraid of trying to make everything from scratch don't be afraid to buy the items you feel most nervous about making and just make the food that you feel comfortable making. That splits the difference on the inflation and makes it easier on you or hit up the potluck idea and have the friend who's really confident with desserts make dessert. And if you feel really confident with mains, you make the main. And if someone else feels really confident with a salad, let them bring the salad. Make it simple.
0: Yeah, keep it simple. I think think we can overthink it. I I once was invited to a potluck and told that I had to bring a tomato dish or I had to bring a chicken dish, and it kind of took the fun out of it. So it can also be good to have a theme that you're aiming for, maybe... Um, You know, Super Bowl or um, a book club or crafting together or a games night or a music night, movie night, something that you can do together. Um, And that way it can kind of set the tone for what food you're going to have and uh, even maybe decorating.
1: I've even heard of some book
0: clubs who would theme the food off of the book they were reading. I had a friend that used to do um, Murder Mystery Nights. And once a month, they get together as a group and do a murder mystery in a box. Have you heard of that? And um, the food would be themed after that and everything. I've never experienced it, so I'm not really sure how it worked, but it sounded intriguing. It does sound intriguing. Okay, I was Christmas shopping because we're recording this in November, even though you're listening in January. And I was Christmas shopping online and I saw escape boxes. Have you heard of that? Yeah, there's some at the local
1: cafe. What are they? Um, It's a personalized home-based escape room. So you open it up, you assemble the pieces, you figure out the clues, and you solve the puzzle to escape the room you've set up in your own house. So it's like a logic game? Sort of. I've never actually done them. I've just heard about them. So is it something you can do with other people? The idea is playing it with other people, usually four plus. So you have lots of different brains working on the puzzles. See, that would be a great hospitality theme.
0: So, make it simple. yeah, we don't want it, this to be too complicated. You know, you can think of when you organize kids' birthday parties, right? You had the theme and you had the food and um, there was moms that were like way out there, totally elaborate, and then moms that were really simple, pin the tail on the donkey and we're done right? And you can be simple or you can be as elaborate as you want. And and I guess what we're saying is you don't wait once and just do it once a year. You do it on a regular basis to have that experience
1: of hospitality in your home. And make a plan so it happens naturally. Maybe that plan is to make sure you have a crockpot of something on before each hockey game or soccer game that your kids have and then try and invite one family over and if they don't accept that's fine reshuffle roll again the next time that's right And if you go to church maybe your plan is to make sure there's a pot of soup on before you leave for church and invite someone who looks like they could use some time hanging out with other people by the end of church and hope they come with you
0: and the purpose of it is connection and conversation And having humanness together. Because there's too much of non-human things going on around us.
1: Especially after the last two years. And so... We really need to rebuild the connection with our communities, with friends. Absolutely. With other families. And so hospitality is one of
0: the ways we can do that. Even if it has to start in a restaurant. Even if you're not comfortable having people at, at home. But the ideal is to bring people into our own homes into our own lives and have that intimacy. When my husband and I were first married we were invited to a friend's house to play Dutch Blitz. Dutch Blitz is a card game it's kind of fast-paced and it can be really competitive or it can be laid back and what we experienced was that the family that had invited us over was super competitive. Take your rings off competitive take your rings off competitive. You, you could get hand injuries if you weren't fast enough. And there was very little conversation around the table. The goal was obviously to win the game. The cards were the center of attention. And every single round of the game, our hosts won, of course, because we weren't as fast as them. They were experienced in the game. And when we said good night, it kind of felt like it didn't feel good. We didn't want to go back. A few weeks later, we were invited to another family's house. Uh, We didn't have any kids yet, early marriage. And the other friends invited us also to play Dutch Blitz, which was interesting. We were kind of expecting the same kind of situation because these two different couples knew each other, and we thought it would be very similar. Well, it was an entirely different night. The game was a little competitive, it was a little fun. Um, We pretty much took turns winning, but in between the hands, there was a pause for conversation and interaction. It was a very enlightening game. We heard ideas that we'd never thought of before. It was very interesting. The two games were the same game, but entirely different experiences because of the host. And we really enjoyed the second family much better. Uh, because of the conversation, we were there to have conversations and to get to know them, and we really didn't care who won. And I'm telling you this story because I want you to see that the importance is not a fancy house, a perfect meal. In fact, I don't even remember what we ate at the first house. The The purpose was conversation, and if the conversation is missing, it's not a great experience. If the conversation is there and the human connection It's memorable. I still, after 40 years, remember that night that we played Dutch Blitz with that second family. So we've been talking today about hospitality, why it's important, what might be preventing you from inviting people into your home, and then how you can make it easier. And we always like to leave you with one positive action that you can take to apply some of the things we've been talking about. Sarah, do you want to share
1: that positive action? Sure, Chris. So the positive action is to make a list of three people or families that you haven't had over in a while and maybe that you also haven't met with in a while and plan to invite one of those people or families over for dessert or coffee or tea time. Keep it simple so you don't feel overwhelmed. If they decline, move to the next person on your list and invite them instead. And the goal is to simply reconnect And get the ball rolling and get started going back into offering hospitality. Because really, we've lost a lot of our hospitality in the last couple of years. And we really need to connect with other people. That hospitality is a huge thing, especially in January and February, when it's still gray and dark, when it's still dull. We need human connection and warmth. We really do. We need that human
0: connection. And hospitality is one of the ways to connect as humans with each other. So I hope you enjoyed this episode where we've been talking about hospitality. I know it's inspired me and I'm going to do that and make a list of people I want to have over. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends. And as always, please like and subscribe so that you get notified when we have a new episode coming. Anything you want to add,
1: Sarah? Well, We hope you join us next week and very glad you joined us today.
0: Talk to you soon. Bye for now.